0: and we're going to look at the third of 6 rumble strips Hebrews 5 11 to 6 verse 12 so we're going to hear we're going to be challenged today we're going to get a little annoyed today the preacher's going to annoy us a little bit to save us from a huge inconvenience follow along with me as i read Hebrews 5 11 to 6 Verse 12, about this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, and of instruction about washings or or baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits, for it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened For land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, We feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end so that you may not be sluggish but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. This is the word of God. Well, this is a challenge, isn't it? Could could you feel the rumble strips? Uh, Chapter 6, verse 11 contains the big idea. It's that verse, we desire each of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end. That's the big idea. That's that's what the preacher wants to communicate. We desire each of you to show the same earnestness. Earnestness. Uh, Earnestness. It's the word eagerness. It's the word diligence. Uh, It's the word zeal. Zeal zeal the same word for this word earnestness or zeal also shows up in luke chapter 1 verse 39 referring to mary who when pregnant with jesus arose and went into the hill country with eagerness with zeal because she wanted to stay with elizabeth luke 139. The word also shows up in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 16 when the apostle Paul says, but thanks be to God who put the zeal on your behalf in the heart of Titus. Titus was one of the apostle Paul's associates and uh, Titus was a, 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 a leader of with a heart of zeal, because God had put that in his heart, zeal. And then Romans 12, 11. Romans 12, 11, the Apostle Paul says, Do not lag in zeal. It's the same word. Do not lag in zeal. Be enthusiastic in spirit. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. So zeal, zeal, uh, the word, it's more than emotional enthusiasm. Uh, it, it's a it's a threefold biblical definition of taking Jesus seriously, taking Jesus seriously, commitment to growth personally, commitment to growth personally, and then devotion to others selflessly, devotion to others selflessly. so the word encompasses my relationship with Jesus, my relationship with myself and then my relationship with others and so here's our big idea here it is here it is here it is let's keep our zeal for christ that's the big idea let's say that together on three. One, one two three let's keep our zeal for christ yeah yeah let's do that let's keep our zeal for christ that is the big idea of this section of scripture in hebrews let's keep our zeal for christ now now I believe that we do that I'm happy and so thrilled and thank God that I see so much of that in our congregation I will tell you this week has been an emotional week um, as we have remembered and celebrated the life of our dear sister in Christ Deb Holstein Um, we had her celebration of life service Friday and um, All throughout the week, it's just been a week of of zeal, uh, selflessness, eagerness to serve on behalf of the saints here. Uh, So like on Thursday and Friday, I witnessed volunteer servants preparing for the visitation and celebration service. Uh, uh, Teams uh, set up for food preparation, Uh, many of you brought in foods and uh, then the then there there was the serving that took place and then the cleanup and then uh, and then the worship team rehearsing and then on Friday I I left around 7 p.m. after preparing for this morning's message and when I left there were two other sets of volunteer teams And they were eagerly serving. One team was preparing for the food distribution that happened Saturday. Uh, here uh, in our cafe area, and then another team was preparing for Operation Christmas Child in uh, in what was the old worship center here, a- a- and then and then uh, uh, this place was just alive with with uh, discipleship studies going on. I peeked into the door and I saw our men's discipleship group, and all the Bibles were open, and the Word of God was being shared, and and then there was shoebox packing going on with Operation Christmas Child, and then and then there was a saturday afternoon food distribution and then all of that you know had to be cleaned up it didn't clean itself up i mean the volunteer servants came and they cleaned and 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 prepared for this morning and families loving and caring and enjoying one another in the name of christ for the good of others my goodness i've witnessed that to the glory of god church family and how grateful i am to be your pastor And so there's a part of me that's going, oh, we don't need to listen to these words here in Hebrews 5 and 6. They're not for us. And, you know, these are strong words, but it's not because your pastor thinks that we have the same problem that that congregation did. Well, we actually do need to listen to these words. Because, well, it's the next section in our study. <laughs> okay? And, 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 these verses invite us to overhear another pastor's sermon to another congregation. So we're get, we get to eavesdrop in on another pastor's sermon to another congregation. And in doing so, we are invited to ask ourselves what can we learn? What can we learn? So so is it, is it the best time to learn more when things are going well? Say amen. The answer is yes. <laughs> it is, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, you don't want to hear a sermon from a cranky pastor. I mean, who wants that, right? But yeah, what can we learn? So so how can we keep our zeal for Christ? How can we stay diligent for Christ? To the end, to the end. How can we do that? Let's keep our zeal for Christ. All right, okay, how do we do that? These verses tell us how. Four actions, four actions. Listen, listen, cooperate, cooperate, take care, take care, and have hope. Have hope, that's how, that's how. Listen, cooperate, take care, have hope. Listen, cooperate, take care, have hope. That's what we're going to cover today. And, and uh, you know, so by the way, if you get nothing else out of this text, these verses offer a case study in how to give criticism. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, get their attention. Affirm what's right tell hard truth about consequences, and then assume the best. Okay? That's, that's listen, cooperate, take care, have hope. I mean, complementary to those are get their attention, affirm what's right, tell hard truth about consequences, and assume, assume the best. So, so, so let's just walk through this passage of Scripture together. Uh, let, let, let's, get, let's get their attention. And... Th- preacher does so by saying, listen, listen. Verse 11, about this we have much to say. About this we have much to say. What's this? What's this? Well, you have to go back up to verse 10. This refers to the name Melchizedek. Melchizedek, who's Melchizedek? You've got to come back in a few weeks for that one, but I'll just give you a teaser here. Melchizedek was a priestly king of the city of of Salem in Genesis chapter 14. You can read about him in Genesis chapter 14. So the preacher's gonna talk about this mysterious priest king in Genesis named Melchizedek, and he's bringing up Melchizedek because we're looking at the Hebrew scriptures and the church is predominantly a, of a Hebrew heritage. So this preacher's gonna talk about this mysterious Melchizedek and then connect Melchizedek to Christ. But first, he's got to get something off his chest. Look, there's a lot I want to talk about, but there's something else we need to address. I need your attention. The preacher says to the congregation, you have become dull of hearing. That got their attention. Literally, the word is sluggish. Sluggish. So instead of zealous, They've grown sluggish or or lazy, lazy. Lazy at what? Lazy at hearing and heeding the word of God. That's what. That's why the preacher says by now, they should be able to teach others what they've learned, not necessarily in an official capacity as a formal pastor teacher, but simply as a Christian who can sit down one-on-one and have a conversation about what the gospel is and who Jesus is and how Jesus has changed your life and how to enter the kingdom of God. Here's what Christ has done in my life. The preacher says, you should be able to do that by now. You should. Enough time has passed For you to have developed to the point of sharing your faith. Just telling the story of Jesus and how he's affected your life. But you are still taking in milk. What's with that? You're still acting like a baby. Now babies are cute when they're babies. But not when they're adults. And it's not even like the preacher is saying you know, you need to review the kindergarten curriculum. No, 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 no. No, it's like the preacher is saying, you've you've forgotten how to read. No, 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 no. You've forgotten the alphabet. No, 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 you've forgotten even how to speak. See, the, the preacher is describing the plague of perpetual spiritual infancy syndrome. Perpetual spiritual infancy syndrome. Heard of it? Symptoms include lazy listening, willful amnesia, unpracticed behavior. Unpra- not unskilled, unpracticed. Unpracticed behavior and then unwise decision-making. And the preacher pleads with this house church, take your faith formation as seriously as a trade. I mean, you don't just hand a first-year medical student a scalpel and say, go do heart surgery. I mean, there's a long, grinding apprenticeship. There's, a, it, there's grueling practice. There's studying and memorizing and repetitive muscle memory. There's hand-eye coordination. I mean, think about flying an airplane. Think about just teaching in a classroom. Think about becoming a a carpenter. Think think about um, our our younger son is uh, enrolling in this apprenticeship to become a licensed clinical social worker. 3,000 hours of training. 3,000 hours of training. That's, That's not a weekend seminar. And what I'm saying is that building your life on the foundation of the gospel takes time, intentionality, discipline, and community. You can't rush corn. verse 14 says but solid food is for the mature who have their powers of discernment trained there it is trained by constant practice to discern good from evil see don't you don't you wish I do I do I really do I wish I wish that Spiritual maturity in Christ. were as simple as going off to this sizzling seminar and downloading a bunch of tapes and Hearing a you know an electrifying speaker And then just kind of just you know, it's kind of like my phone, you know you get charged in and woo and I'm off I just wish it were just like that. I wish it were I'm not saying that seminars aren't helpful. I'm not saying we shouldn't, uh, you know, hear biblical teaching. I'm not saying it. I'm saying it takes time. And it takes intentionality. And it takes deliberation. And it takes constant practice. Constant. So, so becoming a disciple is more than just content transfer. Becoming a disciple is an apprenticeship. See, this is why Jesus said, follow me. Imitate me, you see. Right now, someone or something is indoctrinating you. I mean, right now. As your pastor who loves you, if you're watching more news than reading your Bible, The news is shaping your view of the Bible instead of the other way around. So the issue behind their sluggish listening isn't cognitive. It's not that they can't learn. It's not that they are unable to learn. It's not an intellectual issue. It's a moral issue. They're choosing not to learn. They're choosing not to listen. They're choosing not to be obedient to what they know. So here's the question. Here's the question. If I'm not growing in my faith, if I'm not building on the foundation of the gospel, before I blame it on the worship music at church... (laughs) Oh, he's gone to meddling now. Okay, maybe I am a little cranky. Before I blame it on the preacher, before I blame it on, you fill in the blank, (laughs) perhaps I should consider this question, food for thought. What piece of revealed truth from God's word am I fully aware of but deliberately ignoring? See, if I only obey God when I agree with God, what is that? Why should I expect God to give me more truth if I refuse to follow the truth I already have? So discerning good from evil comes through practice, right? Becoming mature in Christ is through through practice. And and so with time, then, I'm able to see something for what it is because my mind is being renewed by the word of God, see? So, so that's what the preacher wants for this beloved congregation. And, and you must know that the preacher first knows the congregation. So this is not a stranger talking to people that he's never met. He, he says in the text, beloved, though we speak in this way, yet in your case, verse 9, beloveds, I love you. I love you. I want you to keep up your zeal for Christ. And you need to do that by listening. Listening to His Word. Listen. Secondly, cooperate. Cooperate. You say, where is that? So, chapter 6, verse 1, literally says, literally, therefore, let us leave the first words of Christ and be carried forward to maturity. The English Standard Version says, go on to maturity. Actually, that's a passive voice. So be carried on to maturity. So in other words, the point of a foundation slab is to build on it, not abandon it. And so my life is being built on the rock of christ jesus so then to be carried forward to maturity is that i'm depending on god to carry me forward he does the carrying and i do the cooperating and verses two and three offer a brief list of what the foundational teachings of our faith happen to be and i'll quickly go through them this phrase repentance from dead works repentance from dead works the preacher's just describing our life before christ you know paul put it this way in ephesians when you were dead in your trespasses and the sins in which you once walked dead works you've repented from that you've changed directions you were going in one way you stopped you turned around and you went the other way repentance from dead works faith toward god god made so when you were dead in your trespasses god made you alive by grace through faith in christ And then this phrase, instructions about washings. Oh, my goodness, the commentators went crazy on that one. So, likely, uh, it has to do with Christian baptism and how distinctive it is from various ritualistic washings of the Old Covenant. Because, remember, they came from a Hebrew uh, heritage and background, so there were distinctions between the two. Uh, The laying on of hands. so this typically accompanied those who either came to Christ uh, as they were prayed over or perhaps even ordained into leadership and ministry and, and even laying on of hands for healing. So it's a, it's, a broad, it's a broad perspective. And then resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. That is, Christ has promised to appear. And these teachings are about the resurrection body. Our destiny is a resurrection body on a resurrected earth, worshiping and serving the resurrected Christ. Resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. The preacher says these are foundational. And there's more to learn. There's more to learn. And and so these first three verses in chapter 6... Challenge us to cooperate with where God is carrying us so that we will build on the foundation. So, in other words, the the challenge is, you know, always maintain a growth mindset. You need to maintain a growth mindset. Several years ago, one of you recommended to me a book by an author. uh, The author's name is Carol Dweck called Mindset. Mindset. And the book is about why some people flourish and others do not. And... Uh, Carol Dweck talks about two mindsets two mindsets a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset and the fixed mindset builds walls around itself and uh, limits oneself and Struggles with failure. I need to try to prove myself in front of others a growth mindset at the get-go Acknowledges that I'm not the smartest person in the room. I'm going to therefore cultivate curiosity I'm going to have a learning posture I'm going to stay humble. I want to learn and discover and explore more. And when I fail, which I inevitably will, I will take it as an opportunity to learn. A fixed mindset says, how will failure make me look before others? A growth mindset says, how can I just learn from this? A fixed mindset, a fixed mindset says there's winners and losers, there's weak and strong, and the strong eat the weak, and that's the way it is. But a growth mindset says, no, this world is not about success versus failure or weak versus strong. Instead, it's about learners versus non-learners. And so the, 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 the message that the preacher gives to the congregation, it's a message that I want to share with us is, Let God carry you along to more learning, to more scripture, to more of God's word. Don't settle. Don't settle. Questions, questions. Where am I being tempted to settle? Ask yourself, if I look back five years ago, is there a difference? Is there a difference? Can I see God's work in me? Can others see God's work? Am I serving those around me? Am I... Growing in the fruit of the Spirit? Am I helping others learn truth? Am I growing in my love and passion for God? Am I? See? Growth mindset. Now, now listen, listen, listen. I want to be clear. Growth is not about earning God's affection. We have the love of Christ because of Christ's merit, not ours. And yet God does want us to grow up. God is the quintessential parent. And no good parent says to a toddler, if you don't grow up, I'm going to stop loving you. Or, 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 when you grow up, I'll love you more. No good parent says that. No, a a good parent already loves that child with an endless love. And that's what frees the child to grow. See, And that's why in verse 3, this we will do if God permits. So this is not a cliche. This is, it's a heartfelt belief that all growth is from God. And our attitude is one of complete dependency on the Lord to do through us and for us what we can't do ourselves. It's only by God's grace that we grow. All that we ever are in Christ is from God. Yes. Listen, listen, and then cooperate with where God is carrying you. That's the second action. And then the third action... We're moving on into chapter 6, verses 4 through 8. Take care, take care. Now, the preacher has already warned the church back in chapter 3, verse 12, and you can see that if you've got your church Bibles, just go back to the page on the other side. It says, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that leads you to fall away from the living God. Now I think the best commentary on chapter six verses four through eight come from the Old Testament regarding Israel's history. In Israel's case, in Israel's case, deliverance from Egypt did not guarantee admittance into the land of promise. So think about the Israelites who tasted the exodus from Egyptian slavery, who witnessed the miracle of the plagues, who experienced the crossing of the Red Sea, think about how they were enlightened by the Ten Commandments, and having this, they still rejected God. And in, in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 14, the preacher says, "For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold on to the original confidence." firm to the end. Notice he doesn't say we will come to share in Christ. He says we have come. So endurance in Christ is evidence of authentic faith. And then verse 6 has these sobering words. And then have fallen away. Fallen, fallen away from whom? From whom? From Christ. From the cross. From the gospel. From the foundation but what are they falling away to pay attention to this they're not falling away to satanism they're not falling away to relativism they're not falling away to atheism they're not falling away to pluralism falling away does not refer to murder or adultery or lying or drunkenness in this original context They've fallen away to the religion of their Hebrew ancestors as practiced in the first century Roman Empire. They're openly, publicly renouncing Christ and returning to the Old Covenant in order to avoid persecution. They're committing spiritual suicide by returning to the sacrifices and rituals in the temple that have been fulfilled in Christ Jesus. They've rejected the all-sufficiency of Christ, who himself claimed to be the temple of the living God. Did he not say, destroy this temple and in three days I will rebuild it? He's talking about the temple of his body. So to have fallen away is a public renunciation of the cross. It is saying that what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection is not sufficient. It's not enough. And at the time it was that this was written, Christianity was under persecution. And first century Judaism was tolerated by the empire, but Christianity was not. So now you're thinking, OK, great history lesson. How does that apply to me? So I go back to this word performancism. Performancism. Because performancism assumes that who I am is based on how well I do what I do. I'm a good person if I preach well. I'm a worthy person if I can kick the ball through the field goal. My existence is justified with an with an A+. Plus. I got to get an A+. Plus. I have to have an A+. Plus. I'm worth the amount of money I am on my paycheck. If my child gets into the right school to get the right job with the right income, I have have value. And I'll go to whatever church and pay whatever homage to Jesus if he can help me do that because I need an assistant. And the gospel of grace is traded for the fantasy of perfectionistic human effort. the problem with performanceism is its refusal to acknowledge God. And it is the perpetual spiritual infant who says, I can do it, I can do it. Hell is littered by spiritual infants who forever have insisted, I can do it. Heaven is inhabited by spiritually mature who have learned through suffering I need thee, oh, I need thee every hour, I need thee, amen. I'm not done yet. Just take your medicine, give me five more minutes, okay? Oh, goodness. Please come back next Sunday, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, goodness, those those are my rumble strips, yeah. Uh, Verses 7 and 8 are so instructive here. For land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. Now, where did the preacher get those verses? From Deuteronomy 28. Just write down Deuteronomy 28. It's a chapter about blessings and curses. And God is simply holding up the choice before us and telling us the hard truth and says there's consequences. All Right? And and, uh, there, you know, I mean, are you going to be like land that's going to soak up gospel rain and produce gospel fruit or are you going to be like land that drinks in the rain experiences but then produces thorns and thistles i mean what do you think is going to happen see preacher says you know there's a difference between the body of christ and the society of christ and there are those who seem to be believers but they never really were Don't don't be like that, the preacher says. That's that's why these are rumble strips. They they exist to keep me from sluggishly drifting off the highway. And so then the preacher concludes, in verses 9 through 12, Have hope. Have hope. See, See, after giving them hard truth, the preacher says, In your case, we feel sure of better things. There we go. Okay, there's, you know, he cut a little bit, right? He cut, he had to cut him with the scalpel. Now he's going to put some balm on him. In your case, I, I really do feel sure of better things. Things that pertain to your salvation. So, so your zeal is evident. The preacher encourages the church. Your zeal is evident. Verse 10, for God is not unjust, so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name. In serving the saints, as you still do, as you still do. Let's, let's show these pictures one more time again. Just, just look at these pictures. See, the, verse 10, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, just as we scroll through them, that's, what this, that's, what, that's Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. And it's because we love Jesus, that's why. So, so we don't start with behavior and then work our way to Christ, we start with Christ, and then everything works out from there. And why? Because he is our hope. And where you set your hope will determine the direction of your life. So let's keep our zeal for Christ. He is our hope. Hope is spelled J-E-S-U-S. He is our hope. And you don't abandon a foundation, you build on it. You don't move on the gospel, you move deeper into the gospel. You don't leave the gospel behind, you till the soil, plant, cultivate, and water, and you trust that God will give the increase. You dive into the deep end instead of splashing around in the kiddie pool. Listen, cooperate, take care, have hope. Let's keep our zeal for Christ. Amen? All right.